That's right, everybody. It's time for another brand new edition of Ears Up In-Depth with my lovely co-host, Jeremy, who's looking very svelte today. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good, but I don't feel svelte. I feel really, really, really fat. <laughs> That's three reallys. It's been something. Actually, it's been. I've been thinking about it all day. How fat you are? Yeah. Oh. Is that why you and, have the fake background on? Because it hides half your head and you look, you look slimmer? You know what? If you sit in front of something as big as Spaceship Earth, you're bound to look slim. <laughs> Spaceship Earth is slimming, I would say. So as an Epcot man, right? Yes. Um, do you get as... Okay, because I get offended when people say Disney. I'm going to Disney. And it's like, leave it alone. Um, do you get offended when people call that big ball Epcot? Like, are you one of those people? Like, I would be if I knew the difference. Because it's Spaceship I don't know that Earth. Does, who does that? I do. Like, I, w- you, I would. You think just that ride is Epcot? No, I call the ball Epcot. I go, oh, yeah, you're in front of Epcot. The Epcot. But I am in front of Epcot. Yeah, but I'm referring to the. Okay, see, this is, I guess, the clarification that's needed is, right. uh, is, is uh, you are in front of the land, Epcot, but I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to the ball. I think here's what happens. No one knows that someone's making that mistake because of just what we just demonstrated right here live for these people. Correct. And so it, it, there's no chance to get annoyed. Now, if someone says, oh, I'm going to go up inside Epcot. Now that I might have a problem with. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess it's just so like, I don't know, man. <clears throat> Such a- I get annoyed when people say the golf ball. Oh, it's like, yeah, because they're trying to be cute. Like, oh, I get it. It's funny. Well, I don't even think they're trying to be cute. I think they're just like, they're like, oh, what's the big, you know, you know, the big golf ball. What is that? Mm-mm. And you say uh, you it's know? a golf ball. And I'm, when I was a little kid and I had never been to Disney, I thought that Disney all. <laughs> I thought on. that all of Epcot Center was inside the ball. Sure, that makes sense. It was like a multi-level building with lots of things to do, and sure. that was it. Right. So like your no your your knowledge of Epcot Center or Spaceship Earth or whatever predated you going into Epcot. Well, but, sure, you saw commercials and stuff, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember seeing commercials for Disneyland. Really? How old were you when you went to Disney World for the first 13. time? Thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't so know I why. I've definitely seen. Yeah, for sure. Well, before we get to our our awesome news stories today, Jeremy, I do want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by the 21st Amendment and how ready they are for the fall season with their latest release, Hell or High Mango. Hell or High Mango is made with real fruit and sweet, slightly tart with tropical floral flavors and aromas. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this fall time of year as the colors and the season change. Behind all that great mango flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light bready notes, and at a mere 4.9% ABV is even more enjoyable. Hell or High Mango is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold. So go out and enjoy a Hell or High Mango safely today. I think you would like Hell or High Mango. I think, are you a, are you a fruited wheat beer fan, 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 fan? Mm, not so much. I don't mm. mind a, like a, like a Hefeweizen. It's, it's a wheat beer, yeah. But I don't want it to be too, like, fruity. But over, like overly you know. fruit because neither do I. But the the Heller High watermelon that Two One A makes is very good. I'm a fan of it because it's it's just enough. And I haven't okay. had the mango yet, but I would imagine it's it's the same because Sully likes to be very restrained 
on like you know flavors like that because it can get too overpowering. Adding fruit yeah, to stuff. You don't, you don't want to go too crazy, but you know, with a name like Keller High Mango, you got to expect a little mango coming at you. You have to, right? But if you know Sully, I suppose that's good that he's holding back. Yeah, because you don't want to turn people off to that. You know what I mean? It has to be right. wheat beer first. That's the, well, that's the think- key to making beer. It has to be a beer first and then put whatever you want in it later. Do you, you know think I mean? that I can get that here in the great state of Florida? I don't know. I would imagine that they distribute to Florida. Ask around. All right. And if they don't ask. have it, ask for it. Yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Um, you should right. just see the liquor store I go to. It's like, really? I'm surprised I make it out alive. Oh, my God. Please take pictures. You should live yeah. stream every time. If not just if if not for just the humor, but uh, to for us to know if we need to call the cops for you. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to make it out. Right. And call the cops because no one in there is wearing a mask properly, if oh, at all. God. Meaning the employees. Blech. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. But it's so close. You're just chanting it. <laughs> Do they have a good selection? Or I mean, what's the deal, dude? Order online. I don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. What is a good... I don't know. I don't, I'm not well-versed enough in booze to know. I, I see that they have some scotch, and I buy it, and then I leave, and that's it. Okay. They have boxed wine. You're not, you're not brand... You're not looking for like, oh, they don't have Blanton, so I'm going to get out of here or something like that. Um, they may even have Blanton's. They, you know, they don't have a... Like, I don't think they have like Oban, mm-hmm. um, some of the nicer ones from Scotland. So, But, you know, they have Dewar's. I think they have... Uh, Famous grouse, which I like. Okay, so. okay. yeah, your famous cut, grouse boy. It. Okay, all right, famous grouse. Gotcha. Well, we have two stories each here, everybody. And uh, Jeremy, I don't know. We didn't flip a coin. We didn't do our customary coin flip in the beginning. So I don't know who wants to go first, either you or me. I think you should. I should. Okay. I can do that, everybody. So watch out. Here comes Jason. <laughs> Uh, well, Jeremy, things might be shut down on the Disneyland side of the Disneyland Resort, but that doesn't mean the work has stopped in the parks. Because everybody knows a park as old as Disneyland still has maintenance demands, and it looks like the teams are using this downtime to spruce the old gal up a bit. The old gal being Disneyland. Well, what are they doing to her? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. They apparently have like 20 projects that they've been working on through the lockdown. Some sort of predate the lockdown, but, uh, you know, it's still like they're still working. They're still doing some stuff. So over on the Disneyland side, what of things, would you, if you had to yeah. do like, OK, so what's your maintenance list? Does it align with what they're doing? Like what needed to be done in your opinion? Oh, my goodness. That's going to take me like, a couple minutes to think about. Meanwhile, uh, let me just sidetrack so I can buy some time for my other half of my brain to think about what I'm uh-huh. going to say. Taryn's yeah. in the chat hijacking the, the topic. She's hijacking the <laughs> chat. Have you guys seen the British baking show? What is she? I, she's just talking about herself, and we're supposed Why to be talking about the show. Because she's nuts. All I want to do is bake now, and it's becoming a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, in, in all honesty, the Great British Baking Show is like our new favorite obsession in the house. So there is that. Um, Uh, What would be my maintenance issues? Like if I could just do anything? Yeah, like for me, I would say at least get someone up on the platform of the people mover and give it a good sweeping. It's covered in debris, leaves. You know, have you ever noticed that? No, I don't look up there. It's getting overgrown up there. Well, when you're on the monorail and you look down at, you look at that, you can see that track and it's like, God, I just never look. I don't know. I never, I guess I'm looking at like the foliage and stuff. And by the time we get over the park, I'm just, 
on my phone again or something. I don't know. You'll see a lot of foliage if you look down at that track. <laughs> so maybe that's what I one thing I would hope is someone get get somebody up there with a broom. Yeah, I mean maintenance wise, I don't know. I, you know, I, I I couldn't even tell you. I mean, there's some like places of the park that need to be widened. Um, but you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't even. Uh, I don't know. But maybe some of these will scratch your itch. How about that? Well, there's only one way to find out. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That's the new ride that's coming in Toontown. I think you guys already have it out in, in Disney World, correct? We sure do. Have you ridden it? No. Oh, you're not interested? It's in Hollywood Studios. The place is packed every day because of Star Wars Land, uh, and I'm not going in there. <laughs> Smart. Uh, <laughs> vertical construction has begun on the trackless dark ride behind Mickey's Toontown. The debut of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway has been pushed back from 2022 to 2023. The faux mountain range lining the edge of Toontown has been removed in spots to allow for construction to proceed on the Runaway Railway. Disney is dropping $7.5 million to build uh, an attraction building with offices included and restrooms, of course, and a break room, and will be about 120,000 square feet. That's a big... That's a that's a big show building, man. Or that's a big building in general. Uh, but yeah, so they're they're starting on it, and uh, even though it's going to take three years for release, um, what else are they doing? Sure, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, Haunted Mansion construction crews have been spotted outside the classic dark ride that was undergoing refurbishment even before the closure of Disneyland. The project calls for the interiors and the exteriors of the Haunted Mansion to be refreshed, and some attraction mechanics to be refurbished. So I guess just oiling all the joints and cleaning it up. And I was texting with my friend. I was like, "Do you think they're ever going to update the Pepper's Ghost effect in the um, in the ballroom scene? You know, Haunted Mansion because it 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 looks cool and it's it's that vintagey sort of like you know classic look that everyone sort of vibes with. But it also does kind of look I don't know, kind of hokey." So, and I'm not saying that they need to change it. I don't want them to change it, but it does seem like a th- one of those things with the advent of uh, animatronics and and uh, you know the, the 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 mechanics that can look at you and do like a hundred facial expressions. You think at some point they're going to replace the fiberglass <laughs> animatronics that they have right now? Yeah. Well, what I would say is the more important thing to address in terms of Pepper's ghost is the hitchhiking ghost section where you guys are still riding out on the next to like a solid, a stationary ghost. I don't know if you've seen the effect in Disney world, yeah. the ghosts are animated. They take your head off and swap it with another head. And they, yeah. because you have your magic band on. So like if, if one of the hitchhiking ghosts is reading a newspaper, it's usually about your home state because it knows where you're from based on your magic band. So it's really interactive kind of thing, that is cool. which I think takes it to a next level. So I would say get down there and fix the hitchhiking ghost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would. I think I would be disappointed. It's one of those yeah, things where, like, you don't would. you don't know what you have until it's gone. You know what I would love is just like a, a way for them to change the pneumatics in the uh, haunted mansion in the uh, in the graveyard scene. You know, with like the the busts kind of shoot up, and you can mm-hmm. hear the pistons go. And it's like even totally over can. the music, and you're like, what is going on right now, man? Yeah. Can we not? It's 2020. Put a silencer on this thing. Come on. A silencer. I don't know, man. Whatever. Uh, Snow White Scary Adventures, Jeremy. That's getting a little bit of a, uh, a sprinkle of magic pixie dust. 
Uh, the facade uh-huh. outside has been painted with lighter tones to make it look less, quote, scary, which I don't think it really looks scary. It, it sounds like they're, they're painting a little bit of the outside sort of vibe more with the castle. And I wonder okay. if that's sort of going to just be a theme that they're going to be doing, make Fantasyland sort of blend a little bit more with the new colors of the castle. I wouldn't be surprised, but they're starting with Snow White, apparently. The refurbishment has added turquoise shingles to a corner rooftop, while castle bricks have been repainted a pink shade near the bottom, rising to a gray color near the top of the building. It was very descriptive. The extensive okay. $445,000, quote, happily ever after makeover, that's what the company's calling it, will add new music, LED black lighting, laser projections, <laughs> an animation system and audiovisual technology to the dark ride while removing the quote scary finale. I don't understand. Scary finale. Yeah, I know Alice rode that ride maybe she was too like, you know, her frontal lobe wasn't developed enough to really register what was going on at the time but she didn't no she wasn't scared. I can't imagine people are really scared. But whatever. Um, for example, a new vignette will show Snow White in a beautiful forest setting waking up from her deep sleep. Apparently that's the that's the new ending. I don't know. Um, also, the attraction will conclude when Snow White is reunited with her animal friends and a shimmering castle is seen in the distance. Okay, that is, that's the end. Um, and this was announced yeah. last November, uh, but they're taking time now to finish up, finish up uh, while everything is closed. Well, that's great. Uh, King Arthur Carousel. Construction scrims have surrounded the merry-go-round at the center of Fantasyland that was undergoing refurbishment even before Disneyland's closure. The refurbishment project will replace the carousel's steel canopy and freshen up the hand-carved horses. The project was started back in January, but was obviously put on hold shortly thereafter. So that's cool, I guess. Uh, Indiana Jones Adventures. They uh, are, Disney filed for a building permit to replace the plank bridge and the steel structure um, in the in the show. So whenever you're you're in the jeep and you ride along the bridge, sort of, and you can look over to the left and see the big skull and whatever, they're replacing yeah. that. Okay. I don't know why, but that's what they're doing. Mickey's House. Disney Cruise performed a $115,000 re-roofing of Mickey's Toontown residence. Uh, scaffolding went up around Mickey's house shortly before Disneyland was closed. So, again, some of these projects sort of were already going to happen, but, you know, they're able to just finish them up pretty quickly now. Space Mountain. Uh, they spent $1.1 million on an emergency exit exterior staircase. So there's oh, that. Oh, wow, that's exciting. I know, right? A million dollars on an emergency exit staircase. It. it <laughs> We'll I can't see. believe it costs that much. I know, right? I'll do you. I'll do you one for five grand. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Go to Home you Depot, would. get that's, some well, homies. That's nice of you. I know, right? Uh, gadgets. You could probably get ten. Uh, let's make it fifteen. I'll tell you what. I'll bring you in on as my supervisor. Twenty-five. Okay, and we'll split it. Sounds good. Let's just paint Space Mountain gold. Remember when they did that? I don't. Me neither. Don't. But I've seen pictures. I remember. Okay. I remember seeing pictures of it oh man like uh, a year ago <laughs> uh, G- gadgets go coasters just seasonal maintenance that's kind of boring uh the tomorrowland entrance we talked about this for a little bit the last of the remaining quote french fry rocks that surround the entrance to tomorrowland have finally been removed the rock work is being removed as part of project stardust we've talked about that again as well so they're finally getting ahead with that and, and pulling all those rocks which i liked the rocks i've seen the mock-up of it's like basically on the left and the right they're gonna have these weird kind of shaped flower beds i don't know it looks okay but i like the weird space rocks man yeah i don't care about those i don't care either way 
Uh, Frontierland entrance they're redoing. Disney is spending two hundred grand to widen the bridge into Frontierland and to replace the two 15-foot-tall wooden gates and the 16-foot-long marquee at the Frontierland entrance. So they're widening that entrance. So this is where I'm confused because okay. they can widen a bridge for $200,000, but a set of stairs over in Space Mountain costs a million? <laughs> costs a million dollars? Yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It I mean, uh, maybe the emergency exit thing has like a an elevator or some sort of like system to it for, uh, you know, for um, handicapped folks. Okay. I don't know. But, uh, well, you sure. know, what's weird about the Frontierland entrance is that like... The, the Frontierland entrance, the walkway, the bridge over it, was never, for me anyway, the preferred method of entering that area. More people entered between, like the 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 bear, by the um, by the bathrooms between Adventureland and Frontierland. You kind of just went to the bathroom and then you know squidged your way over there, yeah. Or from Pirates in, like that whole like Rivers of America scene. Then you flood into Frontierland from there. But hardly okay. anybody, I think comes into Frontierland over the sign. So why are you spending $200,000 to widen the thing that is never... Because um, in my mind, you, you, you widen bridges and stuff that, that it's, a, it's a roadblock, right? It's a bottleneck. Mm. I've never seen that place bottlenecked ever. It's weird. Could they be preparing for a parade that might take that route that would need widening? Um, well, with that sign, I mean, I think that they're replacing the sign because they need to widen the sign. But I would think a parade with the sign would have to go higher. Or maybe they're just widening wherever they can for yeah. social distancing. You know, like, if, look, here yeah. we can here. Let's do it. Yeah, probably. Or just to give people more room anyway. But it does sort of suck because to widen it, you have to take up that foliage. That's the foliage that's been there for years. And I don't know. It's like... You just concrete over everything, then it, what's what's cool about it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, That's okay. me. Uh, parade routes. They're uh, they're working on some parade routes there for sure. Um, Tom Sawyer's Island was issued a building permit for a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar re roofing of that. The cider mill and the blacksmith shop. That's in the the tippy top of the the thing that you is the backdrop for uh, Fantasmic. That's a lot yeah. of re roofing. Are you serious? Whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Matterhorn got some routine maintenance. <laughs> Main Street, um, there was some uh, repainting and refurbishing of the gift shop near the Disneyland entrance. So that got some work done. Over at uh, Disneyland California Adventure, Avengers Campus, that's working. They're doing that and putting stuff in already. Construction continues in the Marvel superhero themed land. They did ride testing on the uh, Spider Man Adventure attraction. Uh, they're building a new admin building, Jeremy, behind Luigi's Rock and Roller Coasters or Roadsters or whatever it is. Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, seasonal maintenance. Uh, Pixar Pal around, which used to be the Mickey's Wheel of Death. Uh, a lot of the stationary gondolas have been removed for routine maintenance. And then finally, over the Hyperion Theater, scaffolding has been removed. Finally, now that a fresh cloud backdrop has been repainted on the side of the Frozen Stage Show building. So there you go. I'm surprised that anything on that Paleron would need to be main, maintenanced already. They had all of those cards off not long ago to repaint them and retheme them into them. this. So I would have thought any touch-ups, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. would have done that, remember? Yeah, and I do. And I don't know if it's like, what, maybe every two years and they're finally like, well, look, we need to do something. Um, maintenance probably isn't due on this for another six months, but let's just do it now. I would imagine a lot of that is happening, even though it's not really like uh, advertised. I imagine there's a lot of seasonal maintenance happening that... 
wouldn't be happening this early otherwise. Right, bump it up now and get it done. Yeah, because usually now is the they're, they're they're coming into busy season. I mean, November it's busy season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's what I got. Money's being well, spent. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, there's changes coming to Disney Springs. Oh, I love. We it. don't talk about Disney Springs a lot here. We don't, and uh, I don't know why that is. Well, I'm gonna t- we're gonna fix that right now. I love While it. Walt Disney World has reopened and crowds have continued to swell across the resort. COVID-19 is not going quietly and continues to take its toll on the resort and Disney Springs. Disney Springs, formerly known as Downtown Disney in Lake Buena Vista, was the first portion of Walt Disney World to reopen back in July before the gates to the theme parks were reopened. This outdoor shopping, dining, and entertainment district boasts over 60 dining locations, more than 100 shopping venues, and an assortment of entertainment options, but is now calling itself home to a few less locations. The COVID pandemic hit many retailers hard, and now three popular locations at Disney Springs have announced they have closed their locations there permanently. Not surprising, first on the list is the Toomey Luggage Store. (laughs) Okay. No one's. I mean, no one's traveling. No one needs luggage. No, for sure. You know, (laughs) business has got to be so bad. The premium travel store that sits in the town center section of Disney Springs closed its doors this week after opening originally in Disney Springs back in 2016. Also in town center is Lucky Brand. Premium and vintage-inspired clothing retailer initially reopened with Disney Springs back in July, but again closed its doors at the end of October and now will not reopen. Now, the retailer, Lucky, filed for bankruptcy protection in July of this year with plans for a possible deal to be purchased by the operator of Aeropostale. Part of its bankruptcy agreement was the closure of at least 13 of its 200 standalone retail locations, but Disney Springs was not on that list uh, when that when that deal was uh, done when they were announcing for bankruptcy. So this is an okay. additional closure. Okay, interesting. Uh, two brands that I haven't heard about in fifteen years. You've heard of Lucky? No, no, but in fifteen years, like I haven't heard I haven't heard of either of these brands in forever. I assumed they were both gone. So it's weird that they have enough Skrill to like be in downtown Disney or Disney Springs rather, because I imagine the rent there is not very uh, cheap. It's not very cheap. Lucky is quite a big brand. Okay, uh, they do. They're they're one of the biggest brands in in the states. Aeropostale, I believe the trousers I wore to your <laughs> <Trousers>. house. <laughs> Here we go. What? That's what they're called. <laughs> the trousers. Yes, the trousers. <laughs> That's what I call my trousers. I okay. call them. Man, I do want to tell you, since we're on this uh, tangent, Jeremy, I, I really, I, I really loved the movie they made about you, where you, where the, all the balloons were on your house and you floated up. That was really, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a beautiful movie. I think they did a really touching, uh, you know, tribute to your life, and it was really great. Okay, well, the pants. Okay. That I wore to your house. Yeah. Were Aeropostale. Okay. They have a, a stretchy, uh, khaki pant that I absolutely love. Because you're getting fat. It's about $19, so yeah. I, I love that. So I'm an Aeropostale fan myself. All right. God bless, man. Also, yes. Don't talk about my trousers. Also, 
Uh, late last month, Wolfgang Puck Express permanently closed its doors as well when guests noticed all menus and signage had been removed and the windows had been covered of the quick service restaurant, though Wolfgang Puck Bar and Grill continues to operate mm. at Disney Springs. So if you really need a little Wolfgang Puck, you can still go there. You just got to go in and sit down. But all is not dark and gloomy at Disney Springs. Crowds continue to flock to the shopping district, particularly on evenings and weekends. Also, Disney confirmed today that operating hours have been extended at Disney Springs from 10 to 11 p.m. for the month of December and into January, including New Year's Eve. Wow. Jason, you will recall that I have previously reported here that Disney is ending its Christmas celebrations this year on December 30th, leaving guests disappointed that they won't be ringing in the new year in their favorite Disney park. Disney's operating hours for the theme parks remain unchanged with the Epcot with Epcot remaining open latest on New Year's Eve with its 8 p.m. closure. All other parks continue to close at 7, hmm. the Animal Kingdom closing at 5. So a lot of revelers on New Year's Eve, if there are any around, will have to go to Disney Springs, but even then it's closing at 11. So <laughs> it's as late as you're going to get on Disney property if you want to bring the new year in here. Yeah, exactly. Weren't you yeah. saying that, well, I don't know if you want to, well, I don't know when you want to talk about the revelation that you mentioned before the show. Oh, that's right. Well, I was, uh, yeah, actually, as I was reading that, I'm like, we didn't talk about. Uh, today, I listened to the Disney year-end earnings call. Yes. And they were talking about, you know, how things are doing. And one of the things that they did say is that, and I think this was true in the last earnings call, is that the parks that are open, so Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Walt Disney World, they don't really talk about Tokyo because they don't own it outright. Um, but the other three that they own um, are considered to be a net positive in terms of their operating income, meaning their income is more than their expenses. Hmm. Um, so that's a good thing. That's good. But the other thing which is leading to this is that Disney has increased the park capacity from 25 to 35% and has been doing that now for some time. <laughs> and uh, I was that raised my eyebrow. Sure. Uh, my trousers were all in a Twitter. Yeah, you're, <laughs> they swole up. <laughs> because we were told that by Bob JPEG that they were going to be staying at 25% capacity for the foreseeable future. And that we, we, the last that we were told was they were operating at 25%. Right. And that has obviously changed. And That's I can't help but think that if you're going to come out and address what capacity you're operating at, if you change it, then you have to tell us. Because people are making decisions about where to go and what to do based on how you're running your business during COVID. You don't have to tell us your percentages the rest of the time. But right now, if you're going to come out and give us assurances that you're at 25%, if you change it, you owe us an explanation before the earnings call, right. before you make that change. That's how I feel. I agree. I think that's um, a load of malarkey. I don't, I don't like that. I think it's uh, rude, personally. It's quite rude. Well, and especially um, to say that's that, happening. Especially to say they're not going to do it for the foreseeable future. Because I did read that. I'm like, okay, that's cool, man. I like that they're, just, they're, they're, they're able to make money. And they're they're cruising along, and that's fine. They don't need to muck with it. They don't need to to, to raise a kerfuffle. But uh, apparently, they've kerfuffled. Yeah, and that's the thing is when they were were operating at twenty five, they like you said they were making they were turning over seg 
profit, not really profit, but they were in the positive right. um, for those parks. Um, surely the division has lost money. I think it, I think they reported they lost one point one billion in the quarter total parks. Um, but uh, those three are turning profit, and uh, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, rude. That's all I got to say about it. You like Stephanie Tanner from Full House? Did she say That's that? What she said. No. She would say, "How rude." Uh, well, Jeremy, as social climates change and we all find new ways of coming to terms with how stereotypes make other people feel, we're seeing some companies having to come to terms with their past works. For example, Looney Tunes famously put a warning in the beginning of some of its streaming content that states, quote, some of the cartoons you are about to see are products of their time. They may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and they are wrong today. While the following does not represent the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, some of these cartoons are being presented as they originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. End quote. Which is pretty, like, uh, you know, aggressive, but it's also like, you know, you don't want to sugarcoat uh, a, a warning in front of, you know, something like, like that. Uh, so it's, uh, I don't know, it seems, it seems rather in your face, but I think it needs to. Anyway, uh, it's only... So re- what, is, what yes. are some of theirs that uh, have... I'm glad you asked that. So there is a thing called the Censored Eleven. If you want to Google that, it's a group of Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's cartoons that were uh, originally released by Warner Brothers that were withheld from syndication in the U.S. Um, in 1968. Uh, United Artists owns the uh, distribution rights to these uh, these cartoons, and they're they're very racially charged, stereotypical um, cartoons portraying uh, specifically you know blacks and 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 Jews and and Asian folks um, in a negative light, and um, they're they're just they they they've refused to to uh, you know re-air these cartoons, and even then they have like you know. Uh, Sort of racially charged name like Jungle Jitters, you know, um, hitting the trail for the Hallelujah Land, which I don't know, whatever. Um, and then, of course, famously, uh, Cole Black and the Seven Dwarfs. Cole Black and the Seven Dwarfs? Seven. S E B B E N. Seven Dwarfs. Oh. Right? Which is very, like, obviously racially charged but it's a take on snow white and the seven dwarves obviously right it's a hot jazz reinterpretation <laughs> anyway so that's what they're broadcasting now no they're not broadcasting it i don't know that i don't know that they're doing that but, but i'm saying these are the these are the cartoons that, that that are so racially charged that they're not broadcasting but everything else i think they're just throwing this this uh you know warning up to say hey just in case everybody you know has a problem with with anything, because there's a lot of like slapstick comedy in like the 30s and 40s and 50s through these cartoons that still sort of relate back to stereotypes or you know Bugs Bunny singing Camp Town Races or something like that. Like it's it, you know it, it can kind of um, okay, it, it can be taken. That's, a few what different trying, ways. that's what I was trying to get out of you. Was ah. like, what am I? You know, is is Road Runner and Wiley <laughs> like are they causing no. a problem? What, what, so that, I was trying to figure who is it. Ah, okay, okay. That was what I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know specifically uh, okay. what cartoons they're running in front of, but they do throw up, throw them up on their uh, streaming platform just to you know make everybody understand that 
this is not really how you should be, you know, portraying, <laughs> sure. portraying your neighbors. You know what I mean? Um, but it's only recently that Disney has been addressing certain issues within their movies. Song of the South aside, which we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, when many films from the Disney collection hit Disney+, Plus, some people took issue with how minorities were being portrayed in these classics. In some instances, the offending content was replaced with new versions, as in Lady and the Tramp and the We Are Siamese song. They replaced that with uh, you know a different version, and they took out the Siamese cats and replaced them with two gray cats. Okay. I didn't really, you know, I don't know. I've listened to that song. I think I played it on the show. And I was like, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's a fine line. But uh, anyway, so uh, the Disney response to the sort of outcry last year when Disney Plus launched was to put a disclaimer in front of the offending movies that read, quote, This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. And that's it. <laughs> just a short... Two-sentence little blurb, man. Uh, but apparently that wasn't good enough because Disney has now updated this bit, and the new warning sort of reflects the Looney Tunes one in its tone and verbosity. If that's a word, I can... It's verbosity. Oh, it's more verbose, you're saying. There you go. Uh, this program, uh, quote, This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. <laughs> Disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe. To learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit Disney.com slash Stories Matter. <sighs> That's it. Okay. So does this right. mean that now they'll, they'll, they'll show Song of the South, maybe? I don't know. Or bring back the Siamese Cat song? I don't know, probably not. Uh, but movies that have this warning playing in front of it are uh, The Jungle Book, which I can't really think of. Why The Jungle Book? I don't know. Maybe like the uh, the orangutans or whatever singing, uh, I want to be like you. Maybe that? I don't know. Uh, Peter Pan. Okay. Which or Native American. Yeah, which, man, I, uh, Alice was watching that the other day, actually yesterday. And I didn't really realize it, that even that there were really Indians in it. But, uh, man, that's the stereotypical me no like them. Me think it, it's like, wow. Right. I don't know. And I go back and forth on, anyway, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Lading the Tramp for the Siamese cat, I guess. I don't know. So maybe they are putting it back in. I don't know. It's all confusing. Swiss Family Robinson, because there's, a, uh, you know, quote unquote barbarians who come to the island and they're like, the, the classic white guys in red face makeup, you know, and all this kind of nonsense. So uh, Dumbo, of course, everyone can figure oh. that out. Uh, the Aristocats. There's a scene where there's a Siamese cat playing the piano with chopsticks. Oh, dear. Like he has chopsticks and he's playing <laughs> like jazz piano with two chopsticks and these giant teeth, like these giant buck teeth. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Fantasia, yeah. I don't. I don't Fantasia. know. Fantasia. Oh, there is a scene. We talked about this. Um, but it has been... It, again, this is something I think that's been edited. Yeah. Um, someone shining another person. Uh, a dark figure. Okay. They're not humans, but a darker figure is sh- like, I think... Oh, God, I don't want to speak out of turn, but like maybe shining the shoe of another. I can't. Okay. Something something is, weird is like alluded that. to, and I think it, it, it. But that years ago that was addressed. I mean, even back okay. in I want to say like the sixties and seventies, that was already like addressed. 
Okay. Well, because maybe no one there's liked more it anyway. that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And you know, and I go back and forth on this honestly because, like, on the one hand, I think it's I think it's great to be able to see these you know these um, technological sort of marvels or these writing kind of marvels. I mean, this is this is art, even though it's cartoons, it's art that influences generations. It's still influencing people. My kid still watches Looney Tunes. You know what I mean? So it's like on the one hand, you can you can sh- should sort of be able to like trust people to have conversations with their kids like okay this is why this character is doing this we don't really do that anymore but at one time this was considered funny now it's weird and it's not funny and you shouldn't use this as a lesson on how this other these other people act or whatever right right but on the other hand you can't really do that and and i i I do sort of like feel for people who watch this who identify with you know, uh, like black culture, Asian, Asian culture, whatever. And like, this is like weird. I don't really have that. I mean, sort of like being Greek. I don't really, I didn't really associate being Greek too much when I was growing up. So there's like the the classic stereotypical, like Greek jokes that you can make. And I'll let you guys figure that out. Um, and it's like, it didn't really offend me because I don't really think of myself as being Greek at least when I was like 10 or 15 or whatever, right? But uh-huh. you know, now it's like it would be kind of weird to hear these. Like, well, it's just weird to see that. I don't think I know any good Greek jokes. I mean, the, the, only, <laughs> one that, the only one that I know. <laughs> Why did the Greek cross, cross the, the road? No. It, stone Road? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. I don't want to tell you right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. I just, I sort of like trying to like think about how other people think about it. So anyway, there's a couple, uh, uh, interviews, um, that some of these folks who, who, who did these Merry Melody, uh, cartoons and they were interviewed Mm. recently about, about how they came about. So Bob Clampett, giant, giant, a literal giant in the animation world. Um, he explained the evolution of Cole Black and the Seven Dwarves during his public appearances in the 70s and 80s and during taped interviews. Uh, in 1942, during the height of the anti-Japanese sentiment during World War II, he says, quote, I was approached in Hollywood by the cast of an all-black musical off-Broadway production called Jump for Joy while they were doing some special performances in Los Angeles. They asked me why there weren't any Warner's cartoons with black characters and I didn't have a good answer for that question. So we sat down together and came up with a parody of Disney's Snow White and Cole Black was the result. They did all the voices for that cartoon, even though Mel Blanc's uh, contract with Warner's gave him sole voice credit for all Warner's cartoons by then. So, all the, so the voice credits say Mel Blanc, but it was, uh, it was this cast of this uh, all-black musical. Oh, um, there was nothing racist or disrespectful towards blacks intended in that film at all, nor in Tin Pan Alley Cats, which is just a parody of jazz piano great Fats Waller. Uh, everybody, including blacks, had a good time when these cartoons first came out. All the controversy about these two cartoons has developed in later years merely because of changing attitudes towards black civil rights that have happened since then. So it sort of sounds like Bob Clampett is like annoyed, but then he says like it's it's a changing attitude towards black civil rights, which is a good thing. But it sounds like he's annoyed at that good thing, and I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's interesting to you know when these were released it almost makes it sound like they were only for white audiences and uh-huh. what bob clampett is saying it's clearly not like a lot of black folks liked this thing but that doesn't also mean that it's right to like now that things are changing and it's like i, I don't know that's what i mean i'm sort of on the f- 
I don't know how to feel about it, so I'm I'm trying not to have an opinion because right. it doesn't. You want to? Well, I understand. Yeah, there's certainly two sides to it. But and then and then the one hand, you can say, well, this was this was done at the behest of the. You know, they <laughs> wanted it done. They wanted. They, they wrote voiced it. it. Yeah. And now you're saying, well, we can't show the art that you created, right? Even though, <laughs> right. It was what you want, you know. I mean, it's it's like saying, you know, when there were people who made the argument when when for when the brief time during all this, when Gone with the Wind was kind of starting to get yeah um, taken off of things, and it's like, well, Hattie McDaniel won the Academy Award for that, and you're and what you're you want to say now is we can't view what she made because <laughs> right. you decided today that that so it's like you're kind of doing a disservice to the person who created that and won an for award sure. for it and was very proud of that. Yeah. Well, and, and all the people who worked on that film and it's like, and, and it's the right. same way with cartoons, you know, it's, they're just cartoons. And I think sometimes you sort of like they're disposable art form, you know what I mean? But it, it impacts a lot of, of people still, it's still artwork. And I, so I think, I think the move to show them as they were intended but I think it's good to put a disclaimer on it because there yes. are people who don't necessarily understand that this portrayal of African-Americans or Asians or whatever is, you know, look, sometimes it's funny, but it's it's not nice. And it's not what we're that that's it's it, that's not how I don't know, outside of this moment in time on this screen this is not a it's not a relevant thing. This is not a thing that you should be carrying across into your everyday life. And I think it's important right. to remind people of that because we do get so far away from that representation on TV and movies and things that we watch as we are so, sort of socially elevated um, and you know more open and accepting. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that line between art, free speech versus you know, uh, let's remove it. I don't think we should gut it. I think I think changing it and then re-releasing it changed. I think that does a very big disservice. Yeah, but anyway, it seems like we've found a reasonable solution. I think that's reasonable. Um, the last quote I do want to say is from uh, our close personal friend Floyd Norman, who we've never interviewed, but we did the uh, we did talk to the filmmakers on his uh, documentary, um, who famously worked for Disney, worked for Hanna Barbera, and uh, he worked for Warner Brothers too. Um, this was in 2019. He said, "Quote: Considered racist today, Cole Black and the Seven Dwarfs is an animation masterpiece and meant no offense to anyone. Clampett was given a." Standing ovation by a predominantly black audience in the city of Oakland when it was released. So, I mean, context is important in these things, and the context of a spe- specifically this short, which I have seen and makes me wildly uncomfortable. Um, you know, it it wasn't that way back then, but you know, it's almost like well, we can also aspire to be more than than what we were in the 70s and 60s. You know what I mean? <laughs> even, right. even, even, I don't know, whatever. It's, yeah. it's weird. So I, I'm one of those people, man, where it's like, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm going to support, if you feel bad, I'm going to support you for feeling good. And that, that's all I can do. I, I don't, you know, okay. I feel like anything I have to say is irrelevant. Okay. I want everyone to feel good. Unlike me, I feel terrible all the time. Yeah, I, I've heard that. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. Well, over in Hong Kong, where Hong Kong Disneyland has reopened and has been chugging along for several weeks, it appears the prospect of Disney expanding that resort may have hit a roadblock. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Adjacent (laughs) to the Hong Kong Disneyland property, 
So basically, if you think about Hong Kong Disneyland, like the parks in Anaheim, this big empty plot basically sits where California Adventure would be if you were in California. Oh, so right there. Across from, that's where it is. Wow. Yeah. That's very close to the main gate. It's quite close. I mean, I think it might be a little, there might be a little bit of distance, but that's okay. how it's oriented. Still, like, okay. D- Disney is very much like how the, the area kind of looks around, too. Like, you're in that total immersion when you're on the property or near the property. Yeah. Exactly, I right? can imagine that sticks in their craw a little bit. It's a 60 hectare under undeveloped plot of land which is a little bit smaller than California Adventure. That uh, California Adventure is 72 hectare. Ooh. I looked that up. Uh, Good. Disney has held an option as part of their original agreement with the government to build Hong Kong Disneyland, the option to further develop the second plot of land for future resort expansion. That original option expired this year in September with the government opting not to extend Disney's rights to develop that land. So now you've got this big empty plot. A government source commented, commented that they did not believe that there was a likelihood Disney would develop the land plot within the next five years. And so they said, we're not going to renew your options here. Another source familiar with the decision said discussions had been ongoing between the government and Disneyland for almost a year with the park failing to give a concrete answer as to whether it would proceed with expansion on the site anytime soon, which is understandable given the impacts the coronavirus had on Hong Kong simply being able to be open um, and already you know, sort of be there, let alone building a massive expansion. Uh, Disneyland did not want to commit to building on the land, but also wanted to keep its options to develop the land in the future. In light of Disney's unwillingness to commit to development, the government opted not to extend uh, their rights to potentially even purchase that plot. The government has said in the meantime, it plans to continue to use the open space for quarantining facilities for COVID patients, but is leaving future options on the table. In a statement, Disney said over the past 15 years, the Walt Disney company has stayed the course on its commitment to investment in Hong Kong Disneyland resort and the economic growth of tourism in Hong Kong, and will continue investing in the current expansion plan. However, we are extremely disappointed with the Hong Kong government's decision not to extend the Phase 2 land expansion option. Under a deed signed two decades ago, the site was to be reserved for the Hong Kong uh, International Theme Parks to purchase when it was ready for Phase 2. It would be sold at a premium fixed at 2.8 billion Hong Kong dollars, or 361 million U.S. dollars, adjusted for inflation with the hopes for the second part. Another part of the deal inked between Disney and the government limits the type of construction that can be built there despite Disney's involvement. So acknowledging that they may not develop it, if someone else comes along, they can't just do whatever they want. For example, high-density, high-rise housing can never be developed there as it would interfere with sight lines in the park. Further, other areas around the area where Disneyland sits are also subject to height and other zoning requirements so as not to interfere with views in and around the park. To your point that you made very astutely earlier, Jason. Yeah. When? Uh, Prove it. The Hong, <laughs> the Hong Kong government is, however, interested in building some type of housing there as the city is pressed for space and faces urgent housing demands. Currently, since 2005 launch, the park has been in the black just three times during a run from the years 2012 to 2014. Wow. 
So Hong Kong Disneyland struggling. Then they had a major investment, made some money for a few years. Now they're back in the red and what, they're not expanding and Hong Kong is taking that land back. What is with the like these the, the foreign parks having problems like that? I mean, Disney Paris was very famous for having issues like this. I don't know how Shanghai Disneyland's doing, but it, it seems like that's not an uncommon thing for non-domestic parks to, to be struggling a lot. And then what changed yeah. between 12 and four, or after 14? What changed in 15? Was there a management shuffle or civil unrest or something? I don't know about that. I do know that the, this past year, civil unrest certainly contributed to yeah. some of their aches and pains. Um, they had a really big expansion. And I think that even though they weren't in the black, I think attendance was very good 2015, 2016, 2017. I just think that they were invest- they were spending a lot in, in future investment. Mm-hmm. So they didn't end the year in the black, but it's because of the investment. So, um, but still, you've got to not doing make good. money. And then, yeah. when, then you're not ready when the, when the bad COVID comes and now you're really in trouble and you yeah. get your land taken away. Yeah. Damn, dude. Snatched. Snatched away. Snatched away. The new Disney so, movie that we're writing. We'll write a new we'll Disney to, movie. We'll have to see what happens in Hong Kong. Uh, it, you know, I suppose it's always a possibility that Disney could come back and say, all right, we want it back. We would like to. Here's the, here's the plan. We're going to do it. Right. Uh, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. No, 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 no. That's crazy, man. That's it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, I think that's Is that it. it. That's it. Oh That's the big news, man. Like we were, we were chatting earlier, I think today or even yesterday. There's not a whole lot really going on. You, you know, know, I was scraping the barrel for these ones. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just picked my stories this morning. I'm like, I, I got to pick something. I don't know what to do. We're back yeah. to that quarter, sort of like, I don't know. I mean, it's all like, here's the new Tumblr mug. Cool, man. You know, or like uh, these weird opinion pieces about like, should they move Toy Story Land to Universal? St- I don't know, whatever. I don't know. Stupid, stupid opinion pieces. We need these people to step it up. Where's the brawl in Fantasyland? Where's the loaded gun? Where are the where are the juicy stories happening? I even Googled like just Lake Buena Vista, like the area around Disney World, yeah. to see if there's anyone crazy just doing anything around here. Wow, you're casting the net very wide. Casting the net wide. And I'll tell you something. Speaking of casting the net, yeah. they found some lady's leg. <laughs> where? In a lake. Just not non Disney. This lady was missing, and then they found a they they they, they found oh her God. dead a couple years ago, and then now they just found her leg. They just found her leg. That's, yeah, that's what I came up with, uh, but that didn't make the cut. Obviously, it had absolutely nothing to do with Disney. <laughs> but it was interesting, and you speak okay. of casting on net, so I had to bring it up. That's true. I appreciate finding that. legs around here. That's where we're at. That's that's where we're at right now. With but uh, you got to know what's happening around here. That's true. Everybody needs to tune in starting, well, start, tune in now to SpectroRadio.us, but Christmas is coming this oh, Saturday, the 14th. The this Christmas Saturday. music hits the station, baby. Man, you know, we've sort of like, the plan was to like sort of start trickling Christmas into the house, you know, because it's that weird break between Halloween and uh, and Christmas that we, I think, call Thanksgiving, but I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. Like, now we're just sort of foregoing Thanksgiving because it's not really exciting. 
and I think we're going to start trickling. But I, I think maybe we're just going to put the pedal to the metal this this weekend because I'm sort of tired of tripping over these Christmas boxes. You know what I mean? Oh, so I think we might just start out. decorating. Well, they're in the garage, you know, and they're sort of in the way of everything because you have to get get those out to then get the Halloween stuff behind it. It's a whole thing, man. Yeah. I mean, listen, to be fair, it's going to be a trickle on the station. Yeah. <laughs> like, because, you know, some, some, some Christmas music can be quite solemn. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, like, you know, I can't be hearing Silent Night four days after Veterans Day. Oof. Like, it just throws me all out of whack. Yeah. But I've got some cool stuff, some other remixes, some fun light, a little, you know, keeping it light. I'm a little nervous. Disney jazz takes. We're going to go with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there any... We'll, we'll, are there any techno bagpipe versions of Silent Night you want to play? You know what? I will. I'm going to find one for you. Please do, man. I, I have to. I feel you with that Christmas music because, like, I I like Christmas music for the most part, but yeah, Silent Night just drags me, dude. And so my Christmas playlist here at the house, which has nothing to do with Disney, although maybe you could find some Disney adjacent, is like jazz or like blues Christmas or like some other rock and roll Christmas stuff. It's a lot of like New Orleans, you know, maybe even some brass band stuff or whatever. It's a little more a little more peppy. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, think about all the amazing Christmas music they play in Trader Sam's. That's right. Or at the Jingle Cruise when you're waiting to board. That's some great Hawaiian kind of influenced beachy whatever. Yeah. So... Looking forward to Don't it, worry, So Saturday, what time does that start? Or just does it go? It's going to happen, you know, in the morning. Okay. You're not going to do a show? Start. There's no show? There will be a nightly... This is a good question. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> leading the witness here. 6 p.m. every night, there will be a solid hour of Christmas music, but then sprinkled in throughout the day so as not to drive you completely crazy. Okay. So every night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. A solid block. A block coming at you. A block of Christmas tunes to warm your heart and keep you toasty, boys and girls. We'll be back right after this. Don't get your tinsel in a tangle. No, don't do that, dude. Okay. Don't do that. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, you Patreon supporters, you are going to be start getting a, uh, a calendar of events posted in Patreon before the, the current week, which I should have done this week, but I didn't. So hopefully I'll be able to stick up with that too so you'll be able to, to figure out when we're going to be going live a couple of days in advance so you can plan for it which uh, we always like having everybody in the chat so I, I you know appreciate you guys uh, coming in at such a late notice today but uh, hopefully it shouldn't be happening uh, moving forward but uh, anyway thanks a lot everybody don't forget to support all of our other shows over on earsup-podcast.com um, thanks a lot and uh, take care of each other please